Hey everybody, this is the Scene World Podcast. I'm AJ, he is Jurg, we are the Scene World Podcast. Exactly, yes. Um, so th- throughout the last um, six years, we had a couple of special interviews about the retro scene and origin in Peru, about the gaming scene in Hungary, about the um, situation in Brazil regarding uh, video games and this episode we have even russia yeah russia right about the demo scene of russia not the video game situation um particular but also the demo scene and the um what happened in russia after um nine four and in this episode we are talking to petro planas in a bit about the situation of the retro community and retro games and the gaming industry in Venezuela. And um, probably most of you don't know the situation in Venezuela. And um, so perhaps we should give you some insights so you are prepared. There is a playlist from the Indigo Traveler where he actually went to Venezuela last year before COVID-19, and this gives you a good glimpse of the situation in Venezuela. Uh, basically, this is an audio-only podcast, but what you what you could see if you had video was that it was pretty tough stuff. I was busy myself thinking about this interview a couple of days after, and even, even uh, AJ didn't make funny comments throughout the interview, except <laughs> one where he asked, like, you still use the value pages in Germany? Um, which is actually interesting because here in Germany, you can still get the yellow pages printed as a book uh-huh. from the postal service. But honestly, the youngsters like myself and younger don't take it from the postal service I anymore. Think, I think you can get it here too. I think they occasionally yeah. drop one off at your house, but usually it just sits in the driveway and gets rained on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are the smaller ones that they that they uh, put in your letterbox for the region, mm-hmm. and then there is a bigger one for the whole city. Hmm. And this one you have to pick up. There's just yeah. a postcard saying "pick it up from the postal service," <laughs> um, because the uh, before '93, the postal service and the tele telecommunication service used to be state-run, governmental-run. And be the same company. Yeah. So that is something that like kept being uh, for the for the time ever. So anyway, so what what I should also mention is that in the link section you find a lot of stuff from Petro, our guest, and he also asked me if we could put in some links for his packages, sound packages you could buy, because you know the situation in Venezuela is pretty difficult. And he is, he is a musician. Just to prepare you, this interview is a bit different from what you are normally used to hear from this podcast. Yeah, yeah he is a musician, and he does, you know, have stuff available to to purchase and download and whatnot. Right. So, I mean, that's yeah, that's and that's partly what this this interview is. You know, it 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 kind of got into the the we we were talking to a retro style musician guy, and it turned into. This is what Venezuela is right now, and yeah, it got a little heavy sometimes, a couple of times. Yeah, but so yeah. Um, in the link section, you will also have links. Um, some are multilingual, 
also in English and some are Spanish only and there mm -hmm. you should use Google Translate and yeah. read a bit about the stuff because the situation in uh, Venezuela is really difficult. Yeah. So perhaps make up your mind and read about it. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. so up to the news section. Huh? I leave that to AJ I wanted to say because this time I don't have any news. Okay. I just got two pieces of news here that, I, that I'm seeing. Um, one is that uh, Sarah Jane Avery has um released zeta wing which is a um it's an anticipated uh c64 game that they've been it's kind of been teased for a while and she's been working on it and um mm -hmm. it is both pal and ntsc compatible and pretty freaking pretty look pretty cool looking it's 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 a it's your you know your your up down shoot 'em up sort of dealy you know, mm. Galaga, whatever, <laughs> you know, but you know, you know, the youngsters call it SMAP. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's well done. There's a lot, there's parallax scrolling. There's lots of, of cool effects. It's, it's a well-made game and it is available on uh, itch.io for uh, $3 and 99 cents. So. And I also want to welcome our 500 plus um, oh, subscribers yeah. to the podcast that we reached thanks to our participation in the Gamescom yes. online live stream. Yes. Within those four right. days, we, well, we um, got 500 Five o'clock in the morning to stumble downstairs yeah. to yeah. get on a stream. Yeah, so it was worth it because we got a lot more listeners now. Um, so another milestone is is reached. Just wanted yeah. to say thank you for that. Yes, yes, uh, indeed. Yeah, and another piece of news from Scene World. Oh, we look are at this, Mister. I didn't have any news. Well, not external, but internal. So another piece of news is um, we are also now listed at the new. Um, Audible Amazon Podcast Directory. Are we allowed to say that now? Yes. Okay. I mean, I mean, I mean, they released an update on Android and iOS okay. for the Amazon Music app, and if you search for Scene World, you can find Scene World. Well, it was confidential for a while, so I wasn't sure if yeah. we were allowed to talk about that yet. No. I mean, I mean, they released it. Yeah. Oh, okay. They released an update okay. for the Amazon Music app. So go okay. to the Amazon Music app. And, and look for um, yes, for Scene World, us. and there you can find the Scene World podcast. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And indeed, AJ was right. We were one of those early entries in the registry because Amazon um, wrote to us and asked to keep it confidential, and they told us they want us to be part when they start the directory. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, that was very nice. Thank you, Amazon. Was yeah. a, it was a surprise to receive a, an, an email from Amazon asking me to help them with something. Hmm. This is um, interesting because normally I only know Amazon from the customer side. Yeah. 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 Um, so the other piece of news that I've got here is more game stuff, um, which is that uh, Mega Style Productions, which was a, you know, is a demo group, I guess, and also a gaming group. Um, Chris Stanley and Rune Spawns, I guess is how you say that. Uh, they are currently porting 
uh, the the Atari 2600 version of Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back to the Commodore 64. Nice. So I guess that was... They just announced it um, uh, earlier in the week. Uh, so depending on when this releases, um, this is... This is what the twenty seventh today that we're recording this. So I mean, I it was just a couple of days ago that they announced it, um, and it looks, uh, you know, it, it's it's mega style. They are a very graphically good demo group, and so you can imagine that any of the graphics in here are going to be updated to take full advantage of what they can do on the C sixty four. And the gameplay is going to be pretty much the same as the Atari version, just with much nicer images. So, mm-hmm. so check that out. We'll put links to everything. That's not available yet. That's still in development. Um, but we'll put links to where you can find out about all that stuff. And yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, other piece of internal news is um, we released after the last podcast. Well, historical interview of Randy Farmer. Yeah. We were mentioning that two pod, uh, three podcasts ago that I'm working on editing it. I finished it. It's released. So I will put a link to that as well. So if you missed it, now you can also look at um, Randy Farmer's historical. Yeah. yeah. History, um, which I sat in on, and I was also there for it. So nice, yeah. The first historical YouTube uh, video where AJ was a part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. There's, there's also, you know, I just saw, I just saw this, and I don't, I, I this is from last week, I suppose. Um, this is another. It's a, it's a platformer by Antonio Savona. Uh, and uh, Aldo Chiamo and Gaetano Chiamo. I mean, these guys are freaking. I, I, they, we just, uh, we just talked about a game from them in the last podcast. Like these guys are freaking all over the, all over the place. And but, they but have... those aren't the guys who do the Soik games. The what games? The shoot 'em up construction kit. No, 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 no. No, these are like, like, um, this is like Planet Golf. These guys. Oh. Golf. Yeah. Oh, nice. Which was a very good game. Um, Which I didn't get. I missed out. Maybe I should get it. I got it. It's it's actually yeah. It's it's awesome. Um, It's got there's an intro on that. It's on the second side of it where it is like with digi sounds and a full motion video. They show like like the moon landings and stuff on the C sixty four. It is it is super well done. Then I should get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they have um, there's an upcoming game from them called Pig Quest. It, it sounds like another sport sports game. Pig Quest. It's it's a it's a platformer. Where oh, I guess well, not you're, a sports you're, game. You're a pig in a cape, and uh, not much is known about what we're gonna get from it aside from a short video. Showing some gameplay, but it, it again the graphics. I mean, it's really well done. It looks interesting, and there's, you know, a great soundtrack and, you know, collectible items and stuff. So, nice. 
it's it's yeah these guys are just they're they're killing it in the in the games department lately we should really we should have them on honestly antonio savona if you're listening to this podcast give us a uh, give it drop us an email it's 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 podcast at sceneworld.org and yes yes because we need we need to talk to you guys about about this stuff or if any of you listening to this know them and 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 you know just 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 maybe forward this on to them because because we, we we need to talk to these guys okay well then you you lead the interview because yes i got no idea okay so yeah, that's all I got for this. So we should probably head on over to Venezuela. And... Caracas. Caracas. Yeah. Yes. And and find out what's going on over there because it's it's a thing. Yeah, it's um hard to believe at some yep. places, but it's uh, um, all true stories. Today we are talking to. Yeah. A retro composer, I would say, and singer yeah. from Venezuela, Caracas. Yeah. And that would be Petro Planas. Hello. Welcome to the podcast, Petro. Thank you very much to everybody listening. I say hello to everybody around Germany, the United States, around the world. You know, Venezuela is a pretty place as for many things. And in the world of the gaming it is pretty as well, but well, there are many things to say. So I will start with the uh, with the good points, okay? Because I think it's important to keep reputation and stuff. Oh, sure, sure. So well, uh, Venezuela. I am a Venezuelan composer for video game music. Maybe you have heard of Seth Everman on the internet. I am a very similar musician in that sense. Uh, he has about 2 million views. I have just, well, 200 subscribers, so don't, don't see that like a lot, but I am on my way. And as for the retro gaming scene in Venezuela, I, well, there are many people who love any Nintendo games, really, Commodore 64. There are so many people that really like and enjoy and would love going to, to to Germany to play so many video games that um, I can't tell you that they would cry if they know I have this interview with you. <laughs> yes, well, I mean, I mean, we are not a political podcast, but maybe for our listeners, I want to share a little story that I had when right. um, when. Last year at Etsy, I ordered um, SimCity, okay. the um, the well unofficial release of SimCity for the NES, and okay. it would only work on an original NTSC NES. So I was looking on eBay, I was looking around, and of right. course most of those machines came from America, and I was like, wow, that shipping is more expensive than the NES itself. And I said, like, okay. no, I'm not going to buy more for shipping than for the actual device. And the cheapest I found was an American NES um, at a seller in Caracas, um, yeah. Venezuela. So mm -hmm. no problem. He was fluent in English. Everything was fine. Condition was good as described. Yeah, yeah. No problem. But the problem was, once okay. he shipped this with FedEx, Venezuela, yeah. Um, I noticed that for a week, 
it was saying inbound parcel in the parcel center. Outbound right. parcel. The next day, it would be again scanned as inbound parcel, outbound parcel. I was like, well, that right. can't be that the same parcel is going inside the parcel center and outside at the end of the day and returning the next day. That doesn't make sense. And then oh. I figured after the week that um, FedEx mm. Venezuela wrote a message on their homepage that the government yeah. of Venezuela ordered that the business has to be shut down really yes wow. and all all phone numbers were cancelled so okay. they were not allowed to continue their parcel business shipment because mm -hmm. of the government mm -hmm. ordered so yeah. so so mm -hmm. what what happened is actually that they managed to uh, get email still working so all right. my emails were sent to colombia Mm -hmm. And it took it took yeah, yeah. um it took five weeks to get the parcel out of Venezuela over yeah. Mexico mm -hmm. to to Germany. Okay. And I found this crazy that um a government right. would yeah no 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 uh, the government is I know I I support your statement because the government here is with Nintendo World is like I don't know parallel worlds is hard to explain. Really, really hard to explain, but well, you can summarize in few words like they are not really into Nintendo games, not really into Atari, not really into helping anybody with that. I mean, they they will not help anybody with those things almost. I mean, they their family maybe, but nobody else. So you know, it's very hard. And I found this funny because FedEx is not a peanut company. I mean, FedEx mm -hmm. is a big yeah, um, yeah. international yeah. company, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. I, I I understand. It's a very it's a very big issue that they actually made because I mean, it's like saying to a ver to, to to an older brother, "Hey, you don't uh you are, you don't you are not worthy" or something like that. And yeah. Uh, so, uh, so they they really had to shut down all the business for a couple of weeks. Something um, incredible. I I don't I don't understand why they did that, but um because I always thought as a country you try to well to keep the economy up and you know whenever there is a business you go for it. Mm -hmm. You don't try to stop the business or shut down the business. So <laughs> and and the seller told me, yeah, this is normal. This happens all the time. And um, and FedEx are the only ones, he said, still putting up with the government. D DHL, OP UPS, and so they already gave up Venezuela. Yeah. Uh, so I was yeah. like, oh, this is this is um crazy. crazy. Oh, so, right. so just to give a perspective of um uh, how what it means to get something shipped out of uh, Venezuela, it's really yeah. a hard task. Mm -hmm. It's a hard task, yes, because the uh, people here in the chip uh, shipment, I think you say in English, the part of the shipping process, you know, they are not very uh, reliable that you can say. So maybe you ordered 10 games for the NES or Nintendo 64, whatever, and uh, they will maybe just say, sorry, we are Venezuela. Uh, government and we will take them because 
we are important. I don't know. So they take it and they don't do anything. They, they You can't do anything. I mean, you can only feel sorry. Really, it's That's just it. the, the government are just sitting back playing NES It's terrible. It's terrible. Just, it's they like, just really want to play the game. Exactly. It's, it's like many government stories in around human history, but well, I I I can say that many people around here in Venezuela do not like that. They hate that like terribly. And yeah. it's logic. I mean it's human nature. It's like how can you do that to your neighbor? And uh we have to be supportive to each other no matter the situation. We have to be always helping each other. I mean it's pretty it's it's human instinct. Just like that. Yes. And and then of course the seller was very sorry that my parcel was uh, suddenly government business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, um, I was like, wow, my God! I mean, I never had such a thing. Anyway, anyway, this right. was just a story I wanted to share. Okay. So well, any other uh, questions that you want to know? I I have many things to say, really, but yeah, sure. because time is brief, I will try to describe the most important things. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe let's start with how how it how it all started that you got into video games and computers in general. Maybe start at the okay. beginning. Wow, it's a very long story. As for me, as a Venezuelan gamer, I got with this when I was four years old. I remember, I got my Super Mario Bros. for the NES. It was my first game. I got Mega Man Four. I got uh, Bomberman, stuff like that, for the NES. Everything for the NES. I am 29 years old, so I, I didn't uh, experience the Atari world, but the Nintendo world, the NES world, more specifically. And uh, I continued with um, Nintendo 64. No, I mean Super Nintendo, then Nintendo 64. Uh, games like Zelda, The Legend of Zelda. Super Mario 64 uh, for the Super NES. I got only like six games, but it was, well, they were very good games. They were like Super Mario World. Uh, I played uh, stuff like um, Dragon Ball. I, I, I play, again, about Dragon Ball, I don't really remember. Dragon Ball Budokai, I don't know what it Something else like that, like in, in Japanese. And... Uh, it was really, really, really good. I mean, I loved those games. It, it's like a blessing for me to have so many experiences that not everybody here lived. I mean, I feel different from many other Venezuelans because not all Venezuelans could live such era of video games, in at least in that uh, way. So I really feel, I humble myself. Yeah, I mean, personally, I never heard of any other Venezuelan um, being into the video game thing. And, oh, and all right. yeah. that, that brings yeah. up a question. How is the Venezuelan... Um, um, yep. you, you, you mentioned things like, like NESs and whatnot being you know confiscated and whatnot by the government currently. But how did things happen back then? Because we've spoken right. to someone from Peru, and it was a very different scene than we are used to in Europe or the U.S., you know, and yeah. it's just how did things, how what was the scene like back then, back in the time when, when these were like new machines, when the C64 was new on the market, or when the NES was like a, was a new machine that you could get. What what was what were things like then? 
well, things in, uh, I mean, I know that people from Peru is like, uh, they are similar in many things to Venezuela, but they have a better economy. So, I mean, in terms of gaming, it's not going to be equal to Venezuela. I mean, Venezuela does have, let's say, has had many, mm, I would say many stops, like many many difficulties to to leave the gaming world as in a normal regular country with uh, a developed country a developed economy however people here does love to be far fetched and on the, uh, get the video games from fedex or ebay amazon you know other alternatives people do like to get games like who knows action 52 or anything like that <laughs> <laughs> And they are there are many collectionists here. That's uh, something that you have here, really. There are many people who do like uh, collecting games. I do do have a little collection of video games, but super small. I mean, it's not particularly uh, relevant. I mean, it's nothing compared to a uh, to the USA, for example. But people still do it. I mean, it will not stop because it's like stopping. I don't know, it's like stopping human instincts. It's not possible to... It's like saying, first, the war would end. I mean, it's not possible to to stop it completely. At least right. we can say that from Venezuela, for Venezuela. Um, so, so I guess it's not in Venezuela like it is in Brazil, where there's still a market for new for new consoles. I mean, okay. we, we spoke to uh, Stefano Arnold um, from Tectoy, and they even made new Mega Drives for the Brazilian market. Yeah. Well, um, what, 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 can you repeat the, the question? I mean, I mean, I guess Venezuela doesn't have its mm -hmm. own commercial um, retro market, or does it? You know? Oh yeah, 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 there is, there is, there is a Venezuelan retro market, but it's very much the internet. I mean, there are little conventions like Osecon. Osecon is one of the most popular anime and video game conventions here. You can like, it's very similar to a developed country, to be fair, but people here are different uh, because of their personalities. Okay, with games, there are very many, very well, I don't know, like, I, my opinion is, like, we actually are very party-like, like, we do, we love going party, ah, have a good time with games, love, super powerful video games, blah, blah, and uh, we love it, I mean, it's, the, it's, it's a Latino stereotype, so just mix that with the, with the video games, and you get the Osecon and conventions here in Venezuela that are for um, video game music, video game soundtracks, video game developers, lots of developers. Uh, there are There is a boom of developers because of the crisis in Venezuela that have developed games about the crisis in Venezuela, like people eating garbage in a game in a terrible way. I mean, it's like something is, I would say it's devilish, but at least it's a fact. So, you know, there are many things that have happened in the gaming scene here, and uh, they do have to do with the reality of Venezuela. Not for everybody, but for many people. Okay, no, not everybody is in such a. I know that in the 
in, in, in Europe, there is a concept of of Latino people that maybe is like too dark, but not for everyone. I mean, there are many people here that that do have a comfortable enough situation, and they do have what you would call a regular, well, a regular gaming life. I would say that. Well, personally, f speaking for myself, and I think I can agree with, with AJ, I try to go without stereotype or prejudgment. Um, yeah, yeah. When, when, I, when I got your messages on Instagram, I thought like, wow, this is in interesting, a retro lover um, making yeah, um, retro compositions about video game music. We have to talk to this guy. Um, though this this is how I see it. Um, I I am I I think I think everybody has the right to have his own hobby and live as good as he can. But I understand mm -hmm. if you are in the situation you are right now as a Venezuelan and you have to decide between um, having something to eat, as you okay. said, eating garbage, and yes. your retro hobby. That's of course making things very difficult. Yeah, yeah, it's very difficult. Like, uh, for some reason, Venezuelan gaming people is like Venezuelan people at the end of the day. So, we uh, it's a bad thing and a good thing because they laugh about everything. I mean, it's like, well, people, there, there is a starvation. Ha ha ha. There is uh, a good, I don't know, uh, there is a bad situation for gaming. Well, let's play at least Mega Man One, and that's it. And don't do anything else about to fix it. You know, it's very, there is too much. Uh, I think in English you say being comfortable with everything. Like there is, they don't do anything. Like, I mean, it's. I mean, I do something with what I can with my music and my project. But I mean, I am one one person, so I can do what one person can do. But, How did that actually start? How did you decide someday that you create a a video, um, a YouTube channel, and um, make videos. I mean, um, when when I spoke to Venezuelans in my life, yeah. I noticed that uh, one of the major problems is actually many people couldn't do more than typing because their internet was too bad. So yeah. it would have taken days for them to even upload a video on YouTube. Yeah, the internet here is another a, a, a very dark story, but it's very good for for cultural knowledge. You know, it's very it's very important to know. I mean, you will be privileged to know this because mm -hmm. the internet in Venezuela is normally known because for being super slow, super crashy, freezy, and uh, you need to try too many times, like exaggeratedly, in order to make it work. And in other countries, in a regular cyber coffee, coffee, you would you would get everything you know, like very easily. And in a, in the best places here, you get less than that. So it's really really. I have I am lucky I think because like my internet answers quite properly. Thanks God, my situation is good contrast with other people here but well i would not say it's perfect either because at times it crashes so mm -hmm. you know it's, it's yeah. normal yeah.
Gott yeah, Mann. I mean, I mean, at those times like Corona right now, it even happened for me in Germany that Internet didn't work properly in some cases. So that can can happen still over here, too. So so um, anyway, the the question was, what was the point where you said, okay, I'm going to do retro music and I'm putting it up on YouTube and trying to okay. make a thing there? What was what was the the turning point that you said, okay, I'm going forward with it. I meant YouTube. YouTube I... and putting up your remix uh, videos okay. and um, remix music playings. Mm-hmm. I mean that. I mean, yep. I mean nowadays in uh, 2019, I think you you started um, starting a YouTube channel and putting content up is quite difficult. I mean, there yeah. are so many Why? people doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, I... how, so yeah. how did that start for you? Mm-hmm. Well, for me, uh, it started all in one year ago. I mean, I started to be more serious with that. I I would like to to offer a lot of content to people because it's like nature, you know. You want to offer something to everybody, and you want to make people happy with what you do. So, in that sense, I said to myself, "Well, this is the year for me because I have time at least." Uh, I, I have in that moment my economy was very very hard, but I said ah, I want to do it, and uh, I still did it somehow. I really, I am very uh, trust of I mean a believer of God helping me because I mean it's not so easy. It's really really hard that you make a video game uh channel or at least a video game music related channel with video game music, video game content, jokes about video games, and I still have made some important, uh, well, let's say, hit, if I can say, for as for a Venezuelan, as an average Venezuelan, I think it's a lot. I mean, it's, a, it's like, what? That does exist? It, it's, it's something that I, wow, I, 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 I do not, I didn't do all. I mean, there is a supernatural force helping me. And, um, well, I'm continuing it because I I want to help other people. I mean, that's like my one of my life purposes, to help people with what I do. Very simple. It's like, you know, it's very, it's kind of instinct, uh, an instinctive thing. And uh, you, you do it. I mean, it's something you do for... Because you love it, really. I mean, something you and you and and the, the gratification is not the money only. I mean, it's important, but you get many other good things like people being happy, children being happier, other people like uh, who knows, couples listening to, to your music and having a good time. And wow, that's really, really meaningful. Really, really meaningful. That that makes me create more content like. I want to put on YouTube, on TikTok, on uh, other places. I'm trying to be as quality as possible. I have, I think, I have failed a little bit with the quality of some videos, but I will still keep my quality as much as possible. But yes, I will continue, you know, a lot because, well, it's one of the life missions I have for sure. What I want to say is, it's interesting that you said that. Um, 
retro lovers in Venezuela are still following their hobbies despite the difficulties and and are still using um you said the internet like eBay to get their stuff but that's not yeah. so easy i mean look no, at please. um how how expensive retro stuff became on eBay it's even expensive yeah. for me well yes uh, it's very hard for many people to get video games because of the government topic I told you. Mm. Uh, also, it's hard because of people, um, they don't know how to get uh, times the, the, the video games for, by using FedEx-like companies or anything like that. I mean, getting be, becoming a collectionist, a hobbyist of the world of video games is really, is, is, is hard, super hard. It's like the super le le hard level in real life and uh, you have to be a lover of the video game scenes to continue doing it and I still do it because even though there is coronavirus there is uh, lots of things here in Venezuela ongoing there are uh, well around the world you know not only Venezuela there are problems in different situations around the world but still we we want to to help somehow still we want to, to do something, we are not going to be completely, you know, darkened in that sense. You, you must be really good in that. I mean, I saw I saw your room tour video on YouTube. And I was ah. like, hey, man, he has an SNES Mini. That was <laughs> yes, really do. hard to get here in Germany, too. Wow, it's incredible. Uh, yeah, we have, but it's, it's a Chinese version. <laughs> Still, it's a it's a good one. It's a it's, it's a mini NES. Yes, I do have my mini NES, a Wii. I do have GameCube controllers. I own a Joshi Story that I bought yesterday. It's, it's amazing to still do those things, and not everybody understands that. I mean, people think that you are wasting money or something like that. Oh, but... I'm being I'm being told that all the time. I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, uh, last last week last week Wednesday. My CRT TV um, burned literally, literally. There was smoke coming out of it. So, wow. um, so the next day I was going on the yellow pages trying to find a, a TV repair store. So right. I called the number, and the front desk woman was like, um, "A TV from '95? Is that okay. one of those with those big tubes?" And she was ah. laughing at me. Hang on, I got a better question time. than that. Okay. You still have the yellow pages? Okay. Yeah, online. Like, a, like, like, oh, online. I was gonna say, like, yeah, like, but like yeah, the book they drop off. Yeah, I was online. gonna say. Online. I thought they online. stopped doing that a long time ago. No, <laughs> online, online. The yellow pages in Germany have an app and they have a homepage, and <laughs> and luckily, luckily, I found one store that would still repair CRT TVs. You know, yeah. and he was like, "Yeah, we don't have spare parts. I will probably have to. I will probably have to uh, buy it from eBay. That could take a while." And actually, this morning they picked it. They picked up my TV, and in the afternoon they called me and like, "Hey, it's a quick fix. It's just a net filter burned. We have the spare part on stock. Uh, we right. will we will repair it and deliver it to you on Friday." So, yes. but but actually. The, the work of finding a store that takes you serious as a customer with a mm. 50, um, a 25 years old TV, <laughs> that is a task of itself. Yeah, it's a task. Because most, uh, most stores in Germany are like, 
CRT TV? Are you kidding me? Are you serious? <laughs> I, I well, I, I have never been there, but I, I, I understand that it's not any just anything, it's something particular. Yeah, so so I can totally relate when you say people tell you you should you should stop putting money into buying retro tech. I hear I hear that all the time. And 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 the thing is every time I'm somewhere as a customer people remember me. The they are thing like is though too. People people talk about retro tech and it's and it's like yeah. you know oh it's 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 this old crappy stuff that that can't do anything good and it's like no right. for a lot of us we use it it's a tool. It's a tool that we use for something. Yeah. Well, making graphics doesn't matter how like like you're not going to get the same you know if, if if you have an antique set of 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 I'm trying to yeah. think of some other artwork uh inspired like like you know an antique set of 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 colored pencils or something people aren't right. going to be like ah throw that out and get yourself some sharpies because because no because this is the medium in which you work yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. And and, and I mean CRT TV still have a use for light guns and that is right. what I use it for mainly. Right. Mm. Yeah. You actually use a light gun? Uh, yes, of course I use a light gun. Yeah. For what? I I have Duck Hunt, a famous NES game. Oh. I have I have um light guns for my Sega Saturn. I'm have I'm having a couple of light gun games that I'm playing with those. friends when they are visiting me. I had no idea. Yeah. Great games, that right there. Duckhunt yeah. is one of my favorites. I mean, I I played when I was it's one it came with me when I was four years old, and you know the Super Mario Bros. with Duck Hunt, the Supper, the the feeling was like whoa, life is amazing. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Very nice put. Was, Very nice put. Right, like life does have interesting things, and. Uh, you do see the world of gaming is actually a, a whole science. You could go to many, to many points for the game developers. That's something I, I, I guess is a super hard work. I mean, Japanese developers, they do, uh, spend lots of time developing like four years for one single video game. That is it for, for me. That's like, I mean, I am a video game musician and I make a song at times in three minutes. So. I feel like my work at times is easy in contrast to to, to the developers, but uh, I I admire them. I mean, it's like what? How can you do it? <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. Um, I I think I think anything creative is incredible because I'm not a creative person. I'm more better in organizing things than being creative. Um. Or <laughs> but but I think um but I think it's it's a good point to say that um it's also important um to have joy and entertainment even mm -hmm. in difficult situations where um where we have the pandemic and on top in Venezuela you have your governmental issues. That's like extreme. You know, um, so it's always good to have something like a hobby that you can go back to. And and as I said, you are lucky to have a good 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 enough internet, and you can do mm -hmm. YouTube. Yeah. So that's um, perfect. I wonder um, 
can you tell us a bit, um, did you get any feedback from other Venezuelans or um, is there is there like, a cycle you are part of? Are, are you basically on your own or are you part of a Venezuelan community for oh, yeah, retro? Yeah. Or tell us a bit yeah, about yeah. that. I would like to know about the community side of um, right, Venezuelan yeah. retro. I will tell you. It, the community part is is very expanded. There, there are, in Venezuela, there is a state called Maracaibo, and in Maracaibo, there are lots of fans of. It's like the the super place for video games here in Venezuela. It's like uh, it's located to the eastern part of Venezuela. It's like limiting with Colombia. And uh, there are lots of competitive gaming there. They're, they're, they love Super Smash Bros. kind of uh, tournaments. They do love uh, communities about almost every game. I mean, there are people for every kind of games. There, there is no nothing missing. Like there, there are people for both commercial games and underground games. And uh, you will see people liking games of different kinds Zelda, Zelda the legend of Zelda does have a big big super big community here in Venezuela like it's one of the strongest ones and Super Mario like Super Mario and Zelda they are the main two commun communities here yeah, as for video games in Venezuela and uh, the whole uh, all the states I mean even in places like Amazonas you would say that there are gamers and Amazonas is a state where, you know, there are many people who are indigenous, like they, they live on, on yurts, stuff like that. They, they don't normally know about video games, but there are people like that who like video games here. So that's very interesting to notice because, well, it's like not so expected, I guess. And, uh, well, yeah. So... So I wonder, are there any uh, homepages you can give us or pictures about um, those yeah. events and places? Yeah, homepages. There are, I will send you some homepages if you want uh, through the chat so you can see Venezuelan, um, Venezuelan sites of that sort. That Is would that... be awesome. I would be interested yeah. to learn yeah. more about it. Yeah. The Osecon is the most famous one. Osecon, I will uh, send you a link. I will just I am googling it <laughs> at this moment, so you can see. Um, and uh, yeah, there are also well, if, if you want to, there are many people that will uh, enjoy gaming in different in different consoles like PlayStation. Also, there is a community for that. There is a community for uh, other, even for Game Boy Colors, Game Boy Advance Colors. Mega Man does have its own community. There are communities, especially for for top games and underground games. Like, well, it depends on the game. I will send you something right here. That the that would yeah, that would be great. That would be great. Mm -hmm. Um. So you said there is this state in Venezuela that is a mecca for retro. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, the Zulia state. Zulia state with C. Zulia. Okay. 
is a is is a is a mecca it's a mecca and uh, is together with caracas which is the capital uh, city of the country so well you would say that those are the main ones there are other states too but they are the top two <laughs> okay ah, that's that's totally interesting i'm mm -hmm. i'm so happy that uh, today we learn about how the retro community is in Venezuela. Um, just just recently, we we had an interview about the Russian part of the retro gaming and computing scene. And um, as HA said once, I think HA can repeat you to say, um, it's yeah, interesting that despite there is internet nowadays, it's still <laughs> everything is still pretty separated in uh, certain parts of the world. Yeah, yeah somehow we are making it. <laughs> And so. um, I, I never really understood why it is so separated. Why, um, why, why there's so little known about it? Yeah, it's, it's a, well, Venezuela itself is a, like a far-fetched topic. I think in uh, in many other in developed countries, not everyone knows what Venezuela is living. I, I have informed my, I, I have made the research myself, so that this is why I know. But Lisa is not everyone. Not not everyone will do the, that kind of research in Venezuela. They will not always know what is ongoing out of Venezuela from the point of view of people in Europe. You get like right, right. it's very. I, what I did is not something common, <laughs> but it's something yeah. important. Yeah, you you know the. I mean, I I have seen I have seen on YouTube. Any English video about the country, Venezuela, I could find. Any series I could find, even if they were Spanish with English subtitles, I watched it all. Um, and, and the reason for that is um, when, when the FedEx parcel arrived here and I picked it up from the German, um, from the German FedEx, yeah. um, there was a piece of paper in it and it was, um, it was a declaration of the seller with fingerprint and copy of his passport um um right. um confirming that none of the items in the parcels are trucks related or weapons or something okay and and that's that's so mind blowing because here in germany um if uh, i mean i mean imagine what you could do when you have somebody's fingerprints or or um um passport copy you could do yeah. all sorts of crime so well, why would the government right. require you to yeah, put yeah. it in a parcel no no it's 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 it's, 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 like, it's terrible but yeah i mean uh, there are many people that go illegal with games with emulators like stuff you know that's a very important topic by the way the emulators think I actually stopped using them. I admit I use it a lot of them, but I don't do it because I feel myself plagiarism with my with my music. If I do that, it's like, why would I do it? I don't use emulators. Incredibly enough, it's like a very odd situation. I yeah, prefer really to buy. Really strange situation. I mean, but, I mean, I've never heard about a government caring if you use emulator or not. Over here, nobody cares if you use an no, emulator or not. 
I mean, most people don't. I mean, I, I read the laws about emulators, and uh, they say that it's legal to have an emulator, but the ROMs are illegal to download. So you can't do it. And there is even a Nintendo law that prohibits during like 72 years <laughs> to the, the usage of certain games like uh, underground games. Who knows? Robocop versus Ter Terminator for the NES. That, that game is very, I mean, it's forgotten, but there is a law for that game and for those games. So... Actually, I read it because I felt myself very much like a pirate. I, I, w I would stop it because it was better for my own consciousness. And I prefer to buy them at least one, one, one after the other. And that is more... Uh, I feel better, <laughs> really. Like, okay. I don't feel myself uh, like using piracy, stuff like okay. that. It's like music. I, I plagiarize doing plagiarism to my music, I would feel very bad, you know? Yeah, well, I cannot relate to that. I, I never had the situation where I had to worry about my games being stolen out of a parcel by a government or using an emulator and somebody from the government is caring yeah. about that. I, I never had this situation. Um, mm -hmm. And and I'm surprised that, um, that this is even a thing because, I mean, right. what... What commercial market value is there that, um, well, a government is having from that? But anyway, it's it's a strange situation. But I'm very happy to hear that you are still holding up to it despite all the difficulties. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I see. You I just posted some links. Thanks for that. Yeah, there are some links there. You can uh, do the search in Spanish and you will see many, I mean, it's not understandable, but you will all understand uh, the, you know, the some things at, at the end of the day uh, about the I, gaming world. You can, can try typing Venezuela videojuegos and that's it. Video mm -hmm. games. You say hey, video Can you repeat? Juegos. AJ, what you just said? I, I said, didn't I, get I, said I took, I took yeah. a year of Spanish in high school. I, I will type. I can I say things like, like me llamo AJ. Ah, uh, like this. Videojuego. <laughs> I uh, can say, como estas? That's about it. It's a Venezuelan word for video games. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a Spanish word, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's similar to the uh, Portuguese word for video games. It's yeah. very similar, yeah. yeah very similar. Yeah. I study languages, uh, therefore, that's why I have been knowing those things. I study yeah. languages as well. Ah, nice. Yeah, yeah. You you told me you are a translator. I am translator. Yeah, that is the, my Skype um, stuff. And uh, I love Japanese games because with I I like video games in general, but Japanese games are like one of my favorites because you can learn the language. You can learn with JRPG games. You can go and get deeper, uh, understand the communities behind them. You can understand the, the, the world behind the computer game and the Nintendo games, uh, any kind of game. At the end of the day, you will see there is a lot of work and a lot of history behind it. And, but now uh, you don't tell me that you learned Japanese. Yeah, I study Japanese, but I, I have like six years studying Japanese. Wow. Uh, Oh my god. 
日本語のことは今話してます。そしてその言葉はとてもいいですよね。それはありがとうございます。<笑> oh my God. <laughs> There are so many people here in Germany that would invite you for knowing Japanese. <laughs> yeah, that would be very interesting. Arigato gozaimasu. Sore ga hontoni suki desu yo. I really actually, like it. Actually, interesting that you mentioned. I think some weeks ago, AJ, you mentioned that there's little known about what's going on in Japan, right? Yeah, the Japanese scene. Japanese. Uh, the Japanese <laughs> is NTSC.、Uh, there was AC64. Released、yeah. there. In fact, they, they they had a special, you know, kanji character set and everything built in the you know,、right. a, a custom ROM and all that. But but、okay. there is no, to my knowledge, <laughs> there is no like like demo scene or retro game. Well, there is a bit of a retro game scene in 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 Japan,、mm-hmm. but like there's no demo scene or anything like that where it like、yeah. you know persevered through the years like it did in Europe and the U.S. Okay. Uh, well, in the U.S.,、uh, there are many many things that are super amazing for a Venezuelan. If you put a Venezuelan person in a in an average community in the U.S.A. U.S.A., they will explode of happiness, something like that, because it's 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 very different, you know. I mean, it's very yeah. wow. Yeah. Wow, it's, it's, it's incredible. But but you but you don't have. By chance, any connection to to the Japanese community, or do you? Uh, well, I have a little connection. I would say. I mean, in my case, I do post my content, and sometimes Japanese people、uh, comment、uh, about it.、Oh. But it's it's because I I talk to them about it. I mean, I do my personal marketing by very organically. I spend time on. I have spent lots of hours marketing my content, and、uh, that's why I have、uh, seen ma- different parts of the world through the internet. I was one. I went to the U.S.、Uh, United States only once when I was like 23 years old, but I saw many things. So I I I saw the world differently from Venezuelan. Average people who have not traveled even once in their lives. So、wow. you can imagine. So, so what what else can you tell us about Venezuela and the well, situation I, I, about I, retro gaming and stuff?、Uh, there are many people who cry about it. I mean, there are many people who who are sad, literally,、uh, like they are、uh, in a sad state of existence, I guess, because they don't have what they could. In a normal developed country,、uh, there are many video game, many YouTube videos about it. So you just you can、uh, Google them. There are many options in English, but the main ones are in Spanish. I will put one of them here in the chat when I can, because so you can get even more content about Venezuelan gaming scene. But there are many people who are sad about it, like they don't really like that they are mad at, about the government being so terrible with the gaming world. They don't keep, pay any attention. I mean, it's like they don't they don't feel like they exist. You know, is 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 in a certain sense, is like denigrating for that part of the population. Which is strange because the video game business is the one of the largest businesses. Yeah, yeah, the uh, business uh, uh, video game is like that.、Uh, it doesn't make sense.、Um, it's yeah, it's it's strange. It's strange. It's strange.、Um, but but 
as as you said um, about English. Well, when when I spoke to Venezuelans, um, I had the impression that a lot of them are pretty fluent in English. I, yeah, there are many. There are. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, it was it was easier to talk to people um, from Venezuela in English than to people from Mexico. Ah, yeah. <laughs> There are um, people from Mexico who, well, yeah, there are there are many similarities from Venezuela to Mexico. There are many many similarities. Really, there are. It's like the most similar uh, the, the country that is most similar to Venezuela. And uh, well, there are the only difference is that they are developed. We are not. In contrast. Um, you but say. but you you said you said before the interview in uh, when we chatted a little in our text window you said that um, that the government actually shuttered down um, game development companies mm -hmm. and studios. Ah, yeah, there are some studios about for in Venezuela. There is a little a little community. I would say it's, it's very small, but it there it does it does exist. So we can say that there is a gaming, a game developer community that develops games in Venezuela. I don't really know the names. I haven't searched that much in that sense, but there is. And uh, it, they, they do love video games, of course. They do, they do have influences on Nintendo video games, mainly. And uh, Android games, games for IT iPhone and everything like cell phones, they do develop that in order to earn money as well and to to make ends meet. Nice, nice. Well, I I learned I learned a lot today so far. Um, yeah, yeah. I, right. I'm I can only repeat I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit um, sad about the situation and. Mm -hmm. um, how difficult it is to uphold the hobby and um, the video game industry and all that stuff. Um, okay. I, I hope today. I hope the situation improves in a way. Yeah, I, I hope as well. Thank you. You are, yeah, you are, you are supporting me a lot with this interview. I mean, I feel like somebody is listening out there. Like if this was a, a, a how do you say that a, an island, an isolated island. <laughs> And somebody actually saw the, the the bottle with the message, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's a good sign. Mm, well, I would like to talk about um, maybe the video game uh, music because it's my speciality. Yes, video absolutely. Game. Sure. It's like the most, the one I is, is the part is my main thing. I love video games, but the music part is like wow, is something I love. Some is I was born that day, and uh, really share that with you. That's all you're listening to is video games. Uh, actually, yes, I listen to VGM all the time. He's right. Yeah, me. Uh, you can see my music on Bandcamp, SoundCloud, and places. Like, I will put it there in Google Tunes. When I can, because I require a credit card and I don't have it. But well, I I am doing my work step by step. But I I do love the the video game music. For example, my favorite soundtracks come from Legend of Zelda, Gerudo Valley, uh, Super Mario Brothers, Steam, different 
games like Mega Man, Mega Man 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, etc. All of them. Mega Man um, 2 has some kicking music, I will say. Oh, yeah. yeah. Incredible. It's, it's one of the most, uh, well, I think it's the most recognizable because it is even in the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Right. I do. Yesterday, I bought uh, Super Smash Bros. Melee. And now I played with a friend here in Venezuela who is all, he, he likes games as well. And we get good time, even though the situation is so terrible. We play melee, you know, and uh, with a broken controller. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of incredible, but we still yeah. do it. I mean, it's yeah. like we, and uh, well, coming back to the music part. Um, well, I like underground music in video games. I like games like Terranigma. I don't know if you know that one. Super NES. It's very, very underground. Terranigma. And, uh, there is others like Robocop versus the Terminator, which I love. The soundtrack is very, very far-fetched, but I like it. <laughs> and, uh, they use that, you know, the triangle. When you use actually, when you use um, an emulator, you can see the difference in the music. You can say, uh, for example, the square, the triangle, and the noise. They are the main um, uh, sounds of a video game phone. Right. <laughs> I don't know if you have said, seen that before. That's yeah. it's from the time I used emulator, so I am saying it. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, a, an information that is useful to say, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, um, and uh, I like the creating songs with my guitar, uh, creating songs with my keyboard. I use the keyboard as a as a way to create create video game music, and FL Studio, which is a very famous program for creating music around the world. I have the demo version, but <laughs> it works anyway. And okay. yeah, I work with with the tools we have. We continue working we can summarize it like that awesome awesome yeah, yeah we'll put links to all the things all the all your sites your band camp and, and soundcloud and all that stuff we will put that in the podcast description so people can check that out thank you thank you i would love that you put that in your content it would be really a good i would appreciate it humanly speaking most definitely huh. It's it's amazing. Thanks for sitting with us. Um, Don't worry. You can. You are welcome. Great. Wow. wow. So thanks for for putting up with us and yes. and um yes. and and getting your Skype working and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't worry. I am glad that you contacted me because I feel like I mean I I have always seen the YouTube videos of people gaming uh, and doing retro stuff, but in other countries. And I have always wanted to to be part of it. At least I do it virtually now. <laughs> Thank you very much and okay. see you later. Yes. See you Thank later. You. Bye bye. See you.